Your prayer life matters. We're jumping into intercession today. It's a big word, right? It sounds like it's for the spiritually elite, but we're going to discover it's ultimately for all of us. It's an opportunity that we have presented to us to make a difference in our faith and the faith of others. Ultimately, wow, I really made this music stand high today, so I'm going to lower it and hopefully not break my iPad. There we go. Uh, Ultimately, prayer is the key to fulfillment within your faith. When you look at the disciples, it's, it's, it's something that they so longed for that it was the thing they asked Jesus to teach them. It's the cause and reaction of faith that, that opens our eyes to the reality of God. We pray, something happens, we understand that God hears us. I mean, the disciples didn't go to Jesus and say, teach us how to heal. They didn't go to Jesus and say, Man, we really want to comprehend how you, like exactly what were the words to make that dead dude rise up from the dead. They didn't ask him, okay, so like I really like Chardonnay. How do you turn water into wine again, Jesus? Because like I think there's a business here and I can make a profit. Start my own little like nonprofit wine shop, whatever. Teach us to cast out demons, Jesus. They never asked that. He told them they could, but they didn't pursue that. Interesting. Teach us to, to, you know, calm the storm. They did not ask that. Jesus, I really want to have a creative running habit. So could you teach me how to walk on water or even run on water? How cool would that be? Your little Nike run tracker shows that you run across the water. People would be going, dude, that's awesome. They didn't ask any of that. The disciples asked, teach us to pray. And Jesus' response is in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. We're opening every talk with it during the course of this series. It says, pray like this, Jesus said. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins. As we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. We've looked at the power of adoration in week one. Last week, Jaden shared about petitioning God in prayer. Pursuing, just being consistent, lining up those prayer requests. Whether you get the green light, the yellow light, or the red light of an answer, you still are faithful in praying and praying and praying. And today we're going to look at this thing called intercession. Actually, can I just share another little cool moment? This last week, one of the prayer requests, it's been awesome to pray for all the requests coming in on your Connect cards. On the back side, you see the blank spot. You could write something or there's a spot if you're filling out the digital Connect card where you could write a prayer request. And it's been cool praying for those. So Tuesday night, we're praying over all of them. We, right in the middle of Starbucks, we're just like, in Jesus' name, right? And, uh, and then we, at our staff meeting, and then we uh, get an email on Thursday. One of the prayer requests was for a permanent job. And Thursday, we get the praise report, job was given. Like, we got the permanent job. Thank you for praying. And we were just like, yeah. All prayer requests aren't answered so quickly, right? But... Uh, it's cool when they are, and we can just 
see this cause and reaction and how it makes us stop, listen, pay attention, and take note of what God is doing and can do through us. Many times we rally people around our needs. You know, we'll, sh- we'll put something, we'll put a shout out on social media or something. Hey, pray for this. This is happening. And those that actually take up that request seriously are participating in something called intercession. They're not praying for their own needs. They're praying for your needs. It's, it's not a uh, supernatural recipe or, again, something that only spiritually elite people can participate in. It's just talking to God on behalf of someone else. We have this opportunity. And it's ultimately what Jaden talked about last week. It's that petition prayer. But instead of for you, that petition prayer is for someone else. That's intercession. If petition is asking God for things we need, intercession is praying on behalf of others for what they need, and we pray until you get a green or a red light, because you're literally calling down God's will into being. Really interesting when you think about it. You're claiming his promises for the sake of someone else. Let's get crazy, right? Here's a definition of, of intercession. Intermediating crazy. That's a big word, right? Lots of syllables. Anyway, intermediating in between something on behalf of someone else. Intercession involves taking hold of God's will and refusing to let go until his will comes to pass. So that's an intent, intense version, right? God, you said you're our healer. We ask for healing in the name of Jesus. God, you alone are our provider. We call upon your resources for this job. In Jesus' name. God, you changed the heart of kings to your favor. Now touch the heart of my boss or or their boss in the name of Jesus. I heard John praying that earlier. It was just, John's our youth pastor. I'm kidding. That was fun. Uh, But, you you know, we do that. God... We're going to intercede right now for the Seahawks so that they dominate the Colts tonight. Amen. Amen. You know, this is great. That's intercession. Call it into being. Help them score, Lord. And the defense, keep their cool. Interestingly, though, if God's already doing it, like if God's going to do something on our behalf to bless us because he loves us, why then do we have to pray about it? If we're saying your will be done, so his will's going to be done, why are we then praying for his will to be done all over again? It's a great question. God wants you to be involved. He wants you to be involved in the story. Here's our big idea today. You bring God's will to earth through prayer. You bring his will to earth through prayer. God has designed the work of prayer so that human will lines up with God's will. And it's like 
they're bending, like our will and God's will are bending towards each other, and then they come into this beautiful alignment when we're participating with his will. And we could pray that over people. We could pray for the needs of others and so that their wills align. A theologian in the 1600s said it this way. His name was Pascal. Pascal? Pascal. I don't know. I don't enunciate words right. I always say Morris Farms, and everybody's like, it's Maris? Tomato, tomato, right? But anyway, Pascal, okay, anyway, said this. God has instituted prayer to bestow upon his creatures the dignity of causality. What? The dignity of causality. He was saying that we literally have the honor to co-create reality. That's a big thought. That's a huge responsibility. So what if we don't pray? What reality comes about? Like, this is our responsibility. This is a heavier load. It may not be explainable, but there's a link between how we pray and what happens practically in the world. So I dug in my memory back to some recollection of of the past, of moments where something like this has occurred, where I've interceded and and just something beyond explanation occurred. and, And I remembered back to when I was dating this gal that lived in Tacoma, and I lived in um, Shoreline at the time, I think, is where I was living. Uh, let's just, you know, call this gal not Dana. Uh, so anyway, uh, Dana's my wife, for those of you who don't know me. Uh, so, you know, so, so it's not Dana. Uh, and have you ever dated someone? Let's go back in the past of some if you've ever dated someone and you sit there on the phone for hours and talk, it's just like, what are you thinking? I don't know, what are you thinking? You know, it's that late night conversation and the hours just go on and you have like a, if you've dated anybody a distance away, that call time was like marked on the, on the calendar. Like every night we're calling, we're going to have this conversation. We're going to fall deeper in love through the phone line. And... So it was just like this constant, right? You sit there and, and, and talk, and that might be totally normal for you. Like we didn't text each other, students that didn't exist. In fact, what you're thinking of calling is different. We didn't just walk into some random room of a house and pick up some device in our pocket and have a conversation on it. Um, nor did we have a little wireless phone that you could walk into a quiet space of your house. And this was a device connected to a cord that if we were really spoiling ourselves, we got the extension for and could wrap around corners and get into a spot to call. So that was, I'm staring at this physical thing connected to a cord plugged into a wall and waiting for the phone to ring in 15 minutes go past the check-in, and 30 minutes, go past the check-in. And all of a sudden, I had inside of me, I was a brand new, like, 
we're talking within a month of making a decision to follow Jesus. I'm 21 years old, and I am brand new to this whole faith thing, prayer thing, Bible thing, but something in me compelled me to pray for not Dana. And I was like, I need to pray for not Dana. And right now, and I need to uh, just, you know, I don't know why or what or how, but, and I don't need to pray alone because I was like, I don't, I would be the same guy. Teach me to pray. I have no idea how to pray. So, so I was like, I'm going to call someone I know prayed for me my whole life, my mom. So I, I grabbed the phone and I dial up my mom and I get on the phone and I'm like, I feel like I'm supposed to pray for not Dana because something's going on. I don't know what it is. We usually talk. It's been a half an hour. I just feel like something's wrong. And can we pray? And we began to pray for things that like, I didn't know what was going on. We're praying for protection, to surround her with protection, to, like, if she's in danger, protect her, show up, may your angels surround her. We're just praying for all kinds of stuff with all kinds of words that I'm sure were goofy and clunky because I really was new at the faith. And so I'm like, thanks, Mom. This kind of comforted me, which is weird because I was like, you know, did I just get dumped? Is there something wrong? What happened, you know? So it comforted me, and then I hung up the phone and, and waited for the phone to ring, and I didn't walk around with it in my pocket again. I just sat there and stared at it. And you just wait for it to ring, and sure enough, not long after we prayed, the phone rings, and it's not Dana. And so I picked it up, and I'm like, what's going on? And, and she was like, the most crazy thing just happened. And I'm like going, for some reason, I think I'm going to believe whatever comes across this line, right? And, uh, and, and I was having that like, oh, this is cool God moment inside. Something crazy happened. And then she begins to explain. She ran out of gas and coasted into a shady gas station in a shady part of Tacoma. And when she gets out to get gas, she sees this group of young men come out of the darkness, distant darkness, and start to shout and, and call to her and, and tell obscene things to her that they were going to do to her while she's processing the transaction to get gas, which probably at that time she had to actually hand cash or write a physical check for it because there's no credit card machines on the gas. Anyway, so uh, they, she was sitting there processing that and uh, and in fear, not knowing what's going to happen, as they come into the light and get closer, she knows she's in danger and has no option of escape where she's at and was beginning to panic and think, what do I do? It, it, she couldn't reach into her person called 911. She would have had to run away from her car to this glass booth and inside of it, if she had a quarter, she could have inserted it and called. Anyway, so uh, she's just frozen and these guys get right to her car, and all of a sudden, they look around her, like above her, in fear. All of them at the same time, like in fear, and back up. And they're looking, and they're looking, and she's just like staring at them, going, what are they doing? And they run away. 
She finishes her gas, gets in her car, goes home, calls. She's like, it was like they saw a dragon behind me or a, a, some huge bouncer and were terrified and knew they were going to die if they went through with what they were saying they were going to do. And they ran in fear like they saw a ghost. And I was like, not Dana. That's not what happened. We prayed for you and like that you would be protected. That was like an angel that probably looked like the tidy bull man with a sword behind you. This is good. And I think I freaked her out so much she dumped me. But anyway, it was awesome for me. And, and you know, her life was spared or whatever was going to happen that night. And I just go, wow, that's intercession. Like this is the moment we have the opportunity to participate in. Can I explain that? None of it. Was it in my head? Some of it. It was really cool. And I wish it always worked that way. Speaking of a cool story that makes no sense. Exodus 17, verses 8 through 13. Give us a story of this man that wasn't eloquent in speech that's leading the people of Israel. His name is Moses. And they're at battle with these other guys that do not like them. And he hears from God. And we're going to listen to this and kind of watch in on a story that has something interesting happen. It says, while the people of Israel were still in Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us tomorrow. I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. When God called him to do ministry, Moses was like, how do I know this is really you, God? And he said, throw your staff on the ground. He was a shepherd, right? And throw your staff on the ground, and it turned into a snake, and all this crazy stuff happened with the staff, so it represented the presence of God, and and so he did it. And so God's telling him, remember the staff, Moses, right? So hold the staff of God in my hand. Verse 10, so Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired He could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on, and they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Imagine if you're anybody in this story. Moses has this staff that God showed him his presence through before. He's seen God do some awesome stuff, so why wouldn't he believe God? He sends Joshua, his young apprentice, into battle, and he climbs a hill and holds a staff in his hand. His arms get tired. Maybe a fly comes around. He's got a little sweat dripping down his back. If it were me, that's what would happen. And 
he wipes it, somebody gets cut with a sword. Now, my personality, I just might go and watch what happens, right? Poor guys on the battlefield. That's why God didn't send me up to do that. Because I would have been like, Aaron, watch that guy over there. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry, dude. Sorry, bro. Somebody get him. It's bleeding. That's, it would have been, that's, Moses is up there. And Aaron and her quickly realized that he needs help because, I mean, hold your, if you just, the, the rest of my preaching for the next half hour, if you held your arms up, I'm not preaching for another half hour, but if you held your arms up, they'd get tired. And so he's up there during an entire battle until night, so he needed help. What that represents is intercession, the presence of God. We're calling on the presence of God for the battle at hand called life. We need to intercede for our kids when they go to school. We need to intercede for our spouse when they go to work or if they're staying home. We need to intercede for our country. We need to intercede for the world around us. We need to call on God to do a miracle in Puerto Rico to help restore power and help people overcome the effects of the hurricanes. We need to call out to God. With our, we need to lift our hands and pray. Because when we do, the battle is victorious. When we don't, there's consequences. Incredible story. 1 Timothy 2.1 says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. And give thanks for them. It's all here. Adoration, petition, intercession. That's our challenge. Our free will intersecting with the will of God. So powerful that it can release or restrict the will of God. Prayer isn't God getting God to say amen to our will. It's getting us to align with his. And pursue his promises which are best for our life. Just awaken it within us God, right? And it could be, it could be praying for anti-trafficking as we showed the rescue freedom guys there. We could be praying that that uh, people would be freed around the globe that are slaves today. Most slaves of any time in the planet right now. Slavery exists. We could be praying for racism to stop in America. That equality and love for all would take root. We could be praying for the hearts of those who are living with hard hearts towards God that even when he's just brought up or mentioned they get livid because they've been hurt in the past by someone who claimed to follow Jesus. We could be praying for our missionaries serving across the globe some in hostile countries that have never heard the name of Jesus and if they make the wrong approach their life is at stake. We have the honor to participate in what they're doing. And it's as simple as praying for them. To intercede 
we get it though, is to risk disappointment. We're going to talk about this next week, as Jaden kind of hinted to last week. I'll do the talk so that he doesn't cry for 45 minutes in front of us. Right? Because he's had a very real experience in the recent history of praying for his mom to be healed. On behalf of his mom, calling out and interceding for healing. And she did not make it. What do you do with that? Disappointment. How does that impact our faith? It's worth the risk of praying still. And not giving up or just not praying because some of our prayers have not been answered. We'll talk more about this next week. But it's worth the risk to believe God for something even though that may not come to pass. Because just like when I was praying for not Dana, I grew. Like I grew in my faith by praying for a miracle. No matter whether the miracle happened or not. worth the risk to pursue God's promises on behalf of those who've yet to realize just how much God loves them. Even though year after year, maybe we see no evidence of those prayers being answered with a green light. Intercession begins when we let things around us affect us. It makes us begin to care. I love the song, worship song, Hosanna, from back in the day where we would sing, break my heart for what breaks yours. That's what we're doing in intercession. We're going, God, I'm praying for these people. Break my heart for them so that I'll continue to pray. So two things we must understand in order to live a life of intercession. That was a big lead-in for 10 minutes of two points. You ready? The first thing we must do is we must understand is we don't have to know what to pray for. To intercede, we don't have to go into it knowing what we're going to pray for. In fact, Romans 8.26 has something very interesting in it. It says this, The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts... We're all included in that. Knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. This is a perfect demonstration of intercession, right? In some translations of the Bible, it would say, the Spirit intercedes for us. Verse 28 says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Have you ever prayed until you couldn't pray words? Have you ever just prayed and not know what to pray for, and you're praying, and you're just like, I I don't even know how to pray for this, and you begin to call on God, and you're just like, help me, Lord. You think, man, I've been in ministry, I've been a pastor for 20 years, I always know what to pray. Lord, I know your word says right? No. Again, it's prayer and intercession. It's not a, a spirituality thing. It's a, it's a I, I need you God thing. No matter who we are. It doesn't matter our experience. We just got to call on him. And sometimes you just pray and 
find yourself praying in a way you don't even know. The Bible talks about this language called tongues. And reading into this passage in Romans, that's what they would say the Holy Spirit is doing, is, is praying in another language that even we couldn't comprehend. The New Testament says, the author of a lot of the New Testament, Paul, says he prayed in tongues more than anybody else. And what is that? It's just, it's another, it's a language. It's a spiritual language. And he would pray in that spiritual language for people. Why? He didn't know what to pray. A friend of mine, Ron Rhodes, was riding motorbikes and and he's riding four-wheelers, actually, on sand dunes. And, and a pastor's wife that he's riding with, he's a guest speaking, travels around the world speaking. And he, he crashes, and, and, or everybody crashes at this one spot. And the wife is laying there, apparently dead. He's an evangelist. He travels the world. He should know exactly what to say. He should have said, Jesus, teach me how to raise somebody from the dead. And, you know, but he didn't, right? And uh, rise in the name of Jesus. And she jumps up, and it's like, oh, I did this. Oh. But that didn't happen. He looked at her, and in his desperation, all he could do was pray in his heavenly language, not even knowing what he was praying. But guess what he was praying? God's will, according to that scripture. Interesting. Have you ever been around somebody who's mourning? Like deep mourning? Wailing? In the loss? I have trying to minister to families who've lost someone and you walk in and, and all you hear is wailing, like the Holy Spirit, groans that no word could express. But yet, it's a release, it's words, it's a conversation with God. Oftentimes we sing songs that maybe have oh as the word and we're looking at the screen going, oh, oh, oh. You know, it's like, what is this? Am I really talking to God here? Well, the heart of that in some of the songs is like we're crying out to God in worship right now in this moment in a way the words can't even express. It gives room for that in worship. I remember the first time singing the song With Everything by Hillsong United, and we're like, with everything we will shout for your fame, whoa, and I'm like, why are we just singing out? But it came so naturally, and all of a sudden I felt like I was still worshiping, but all I'm singing is, oh, there's something, there's a transaction still going on there. And you could be singing, oh, and thinking of deliverance for people and healing for those who need it and flood victims rescued and hurricane relief happening, unity in our nation, whoa, and it all comes through a vowel. That's how the Holy Spirit was demonstrating intercession in between himself and God. What a great model for us to trust in that there's still a transaction happening, even if we don't know what we're praying. It even says of Jesus in Romans 8, 34, Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us, was raised to life for us, and is sitting in, place, in the place of honor at the right hand of God. 
pleading for us. He's interceding for us. We're being prayed for right now by Jesus. How cool is that? In both cases, the Holy Spirit and Jesus modeled intercession for us. Thought two, intercession shows the world we care. The goal of intercession is not spirituality. It's our hearts being aligned with God's. We were serving the homeless in Portland. And I've told this story before. Some of you were with me. And we were serving... This is a few years ago, 10 years ago or so, nine years ago, eight years ago, somewhere around there. And we were in Portland serving the homeless. We were distributing food, socks, washing feet, clothing people, all these different things. And we, we go out and do our ministry and come back together in the Central Park and um, right where the foot washing had occurred, stations. So people were still there that we had just served. <coughs> and the coordinators of the volunteerism got us all together and... And we're like, well, hey, let's pause before everybody goes on your way. And we had a bunch of students there as a youth pastor at the time. And they're like, we're going we're gonna to pray for those we served. And, and so the, the leader begins to pray. And he's just like, um, Jesus, like, we pray for all these sinners, these people that are just detestable in your sight, that are living in sin. And, and he just starts to pray, and I'm like, I wanted like the referee whistle, you know, yellow flag, just throw it out, wait a second, wait, Let's go soccer, red card, you're out. Our prayers, if they're overheard by those we're praying for, hopefully express love and caring and like our longing for them to know God, right? Paul and Silas, again, the guy who wrote a bunch of the New Testament, they got arrested one time and were in a prison. And at midnight, they began to sing worship songs and pray. And everybody in the jail made a decision to follow Jesus because of their prayers. I don't think if we're condemning people while praying, and they're listening to us condemn them, they're going to go, wow, that sounds like something I want to be all about. Let's jump on that. Jesus train, this sounds cool. He hates me. Yay, right? So that's... They're supposed to know us by our love. So let's pray that way. Even if we disagree with somebody, even if we're mad at somebody, we're supposed to pray good for them. Blessings, not curses. That's intercession. When people hear us pray for them, their hearts should be enlarged supernaturally for whom we're praying to. Your action step this week is this. Very simple. Pray for others with others this week. Well, how am I going to do that? Find someone that you can pray with. This might be totally new for you. You may have yet to even choose to follow Jesus in this room. And we could, we'll pray for that in a second. You can make that decision, which will make the prayer easier. So you can talk to who you know. 
We'll make the introduction. But the reality is, is if you get together with somebody, like that moment where I was compelled to call my mom, get around the dinner table and pray for something other than the meal to taste good. That's a classic prayer in my home. Help the food taste good tonight. I don't just, ah. Why don't we just thank God for it and not pray for it to taste good? I've looked at it, and Lord, help it. Dear Jesus, I start interceding for the food as if it's going to rise up and turn into a donut. But anyway, I, uh, the challenge is this, that we would rally someone together to agree in prayer and watch God do incredible things in and through our lives. That's the opportunity we have. So four things that will help you intercede. Quick things. And they're on your notes so that you could get it. Get informed. Right? This is like, listen to the needs of those around you, your neighbor, the problems in our country. There's plenty to pray for. Right? Just kind of open up Facebook for five seconds and close it. And I know exactly what I'm going to pray for. I'm going to take a knee and pray for it. Just kidding, just kidding. I couldn't resist. Okay, moving on. Uh, so, get inspired. So we need to get informed. We need to get inspired. We need to get inspired by who God is and his love for people. We need to get inspired by his promises. Hopefully today you heard something that said, if I pray, maybe it will work. And so you're inspired to try it. Jesus can handle whatever you're going to pray for. Get indignant. What is that? Get mad. In a very righteous way. That's called indignation. When you see what God desires not happening, and you're just like, this is going to bother me enough to pray. Don't go crazy. It doesn't mean you're going to go out and like, Jesus told me, to love people, and you're not loving them, so I'm going to punch you in the face. Bam! No. Wrong. That's not what to do. Be the bridge to help just get a solution out there where there's a problem. And then get together. Pray with others. Something happens when we get together and pray with others. Your group is a great spot for that. Get together for coffee. Pray for someone. Something. Well, I'm going to pray to close this service. And I first want to pray for those of you who maybe have, have yet to make a decision to follow Jesus, give you that opportunity because he did come to this earth and take our place, die, and then raise to the right hand of God, which we just read a few moments ago, for us so that we could have a personal relationship with him. We want to give you that opportunity. And secondly, I just I want to pray for you to pray. And that you'll see something amazing happen through your prayers this week. God, thank you for the opportunity we have to come and give our lives over to you. Man, there's so many stories I could tell and so many stories we could read from your scripture of intercession. And the difference it makes when we pray for things and needs around us. But God, some of us in this room, maybe we've come through the door. It's a safe place to investigate Jesus, open life is. And, and maybe some here have yet to make that choice to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to make a decision to invite you into my life. And I'm going to put at risk this thing called prayer. And I'm going to pray for my family and others. And I'm 
going to start to look at the world and pray for those things. God, if there's some people here that just need to step out and make a decision to follow you today, give their lives to you, I just want to agree with them in prayer as they call on you. And if that's you, it's as simple as saying, Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you as Lord and Savior of my life. And Lord, for those of us who've made that decision or we just made that decision, help us this week remember to pray, not just for our own needs, but for the needs of the world around us. They're vast, they're huge, but yet they're simple needs too. Like if we observe something, if we're paying attention and we observe something in our neighbor's life or in the life of someone next to us in a restaurant or at work, that we could privately come to you, Jesus, and say, touch their life. Help them get that promotion. Help them get that job. Heal their family member. Touch their pregnancy so that everything goes well. Touch those that are in crisis globally. Be with those missionaries in areas that are dangerous for them to be sharing the gospel, but yet you called them there and they obeyed. Whatever comes to our minds, Lord, may we be faithful to call upon you for it. May we get indignant about things like trafficking and slavery in modern day and unite and do something about it. May we get indignant about hunger. May we get indignant about the oppressed and those who don't know the gospel, who've never heard about Jesus. May we support those who go and share the message through intercession. Thank you that you challenge us to do it and that you allow us to partner with you in having your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus name. The worship team is going to play, and as they do, can you jot what you're praying for on the back of that Connect card or on your digital card before you hit submit? Even if you submitted it once, like last week, somebody submitted another card saying, I remembered a prayer request. Can you pray for this? And we prayed for it. That's okay. I just challenge you, write down those prayer requests because we want to partner with you. We want to intercede for your requests this week. We also want to know if you've made a decision to follow Jesus so we can help you grow in that relationship. If you want to be baptized, if you want to be a part of what Jesus is up to in the world around us, just check the appropriate response and we will follow through with you. Consider and ponder what God would have you do while the worship team.